1932, Amelia sailed the ocean blue. Or, no, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was the where I first heard that bit. This is why I don't use mnemonics. My brain just doesn't care. Welcome to Things Aren't Wrong, your general trivia podcast with a healthy dose of internet meaning things. I'm Ryan Bott. I'm Rachel Miller. I'm Stuart Hopkins. Every time I hear about dolphins, it gets weirder and weirder. <laughs> <laughs> they're sea they're, people. They're very smart and they can be very mean. They can be. Did you guys know that, um, oh my gosh, I've lost it. It's gone. <laughs> what are what are those uh, birds called with the orange beak, but kind of puffins. look like? Puffins. Thank you. Uh, it's puffins. puffins. Their babies are called pufflings. Are they really? Yes, they're called pufflings. And I, I don't oh, know sorry. why I was surprised. I have, I still have it, a stuffed animal toy of an Arctic puffin called, the brand of the toy is called Pufflings, and it is an Arctic puffin. And it's a small, round, fluffy oh. puffin. It's adorable. Nice. That is wonderful. That makes me so happy. I Thank got you, Steve. So made my evening. We need an official section on the website that is uh, like in the newspaper, the retractions and edits or whatever it's called, <laughs> so that we can like we can go fix all our mistakes. We should totally do that. Redactions. There have been plenty, as I've as I've been told. We're gonna get that wrong, which is not ironic at all. <laughs> Especially around some of our book uh, topics, we we've run into some uh, some issues. I hold fast to my incorrect answers. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say is uh, I had just gotten back from some pretty fun travels. And uh, when I was in at Chicago O'Hare flying out uh, in the security lane where you like put your bag in, you take your shoes off and all that stuff, all the bins have this thing. And I'll put the photo up in the show notes. Uh, it's flychicago.com slash fly with butch o'hare and there's this giant plane and it says fly with butch and it was an awesome callback to uh one of our earlier episodes oh. where we talked about butch being the uh world war ii fighter ace and he has oh. the airport named after him so there's this whole thing there's this like very cartoon uh fighter ace in a in a plane and it says fly with butch and i don't exactly know what it is some kind of game thing that they're doing but uh it was really cool. And they looked at me weird when I took my phone out to take pictures of the bin before putting anything in. <laughs> <laughs> so a little callback to some older episodes. Oh my gosh. It was like that. I bring, um, <laughs> I go back to Colorado on periodically to visit my family and my mom loves bath bombs. And so there's a lush nearby and there is a bomb. Oh man. There, there isn't like one nearby their house. And so I always bring some back and you know, they're super dense, so they always get caught in the scanner, and so I always have to show them to security. And this TSA agent, I took it out and I showed it to him. He said, it's okay, I'll let it go through. He's like, next time, don't bring any bombs to the airport. Oh, God. And I'm like, oh my be gosh. quiet. <laughs> Stop. I always get tripped up because I put, like, my combination lock in the same pocket where I put a bunch of change and stuff, so there's just, like, a bunch of dense metal, like, all in a certain part of my backpack, and it gets caught, like every other time so you you could just alleviate that situation by moving no i know the lock. you could even lock the lock on the outside of your backpack <laughs> <laughs> viva la resistance 
Well, anyways, we have a game of trivia to get to, and this is the very 15th episode ever with four uh, rounds of trivia and a brand new round, which I'm super excited about. We've been uh, cranking out new rounds almost every game lately, so it's been fun stuff. And the I will uh, do all the questioning, and these contestants will answer and buy for all the internet points. Uh, so if you are all ready, we will start with general trivia. So general trivia... Uh, round one, just like normal, uh, call out when you know it. Each answer is worth two points. Uh, question number one, what was the fantastical name Jeff Bezos almost called Amazon until he misheard it sounded a lot like dead people? Starting out with a ringer. What was the fantastical name that Jeff Bezos almost called Amazon until he misheard that it sounded a lot like dead people? Stew? Stew. <laughs> this is, I know this is not right. This is just me trying to piece things together. Zombies? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of zombies? No, like zombies, like zombies. I assume no, so, because it was all it is, started with books. It's but... not book related. Oh. So apparently the story goes that he had this name and I believe he even has, actually, if I remember correctly, and I'm about to double check, he does have the domain name. And if you search for it, it will forward to Amazon, which I'm now about to check. But apparently his lawyer and others uh, thought it sounded like something else related to dead people. So no guesses. Nope. Nothing this here. This was Cadabra. Oh. Which was supposed to be the original name for Amazon, and people kept thinking he was saying cadaver. <laughs> so you know, I wonder if Al Alibaba wouldn't have had so much success if he had taken that name, <laughs> like Alibaba Cadabra, that old yeah. thing. Well, just like a connection there, <laughs> yeah. being right. obviously made. Just a thought. I don't know. Random thoughts that I probably that was, shouldn't yeah. share. That was very early. Okay. I think that was early '90s or so. Uh, but yeah, no points there. Uh, question number two. What 1982 video game console was an acronym by the Connecticut Leather Company, who also first debuted Cabbage Patch Kids, and this console was sold with a copy of Nintendo's Donkey Kong a whole three years before the original Nintendo Entertainment System was released in North America? This video game console was an acronym for Connecticut Leather Company who also first debuted Cabbage Patch Kids. This console was sold with a copy of Nintendo's Donkey Kong a whole three years before the original NES was released in North America. The oh, ColecoVision. This is literally Connecticut wow. CO, Leather LE, Company CO, the ColecoVision game console. And one of the original Coleco holding companies was the first to debut Cabbage Patch Kids. You learn something new every day, man. I am very disappointed in myself. <laughs> that one was for you. I know. I was going with Commodore mm -hmm. too because I was running through C console names in my head, and then I was like, "No, like I, I skipped over ColecoVision." Yeah. Uh, question number three: Two planets in our solar system rotate clockwise. Name either one. Rachel. Rachel. Neptune. Not Neptune. Stu. What? Stu. Jupiter. Not Jupiter. <laughs> Not Mercury. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if you could give me anything for it. Uh, I'll give you one point. Saturn. Not Saturn. <laughs> Damn it. 
Yes, Uranus. Rachel? <laughs> that was, what was your next? What was yeah? Was what was your Venus. next guess? It was, the other one was Venus, but, but yeah, Venus and Uranus. <laughs> Question number four: What name derived from Dutch origin for thunder and pipe is the name for a short-barreled weapon that predates the shotgun? Stew. Oh. Um. No, I thought it, I thought it was going to be shotgun. What name from Dutch origin for thunder and pipe? Is the name for a short-barreled weapon that predates the shotgun? Oh, stew. Stew. Blunderbuss. Yes. Wow. Blunderbuss. There we go. I give you two points on that one. Thank you. Yeah, I believe it was uh, dunder, which is Dutch for thunder, thunder, and then it later became blunder. I th- and I was reading up on it a little bit, both intentionally as the name kind of uh, means you know obscurity and craziness or whatever, uh, and then. I forget pipe. I believe pipe may directly translate to bus. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, blender bus. So. Nice. nice job. Thanks. All right. Question number five. The Sharks face the Jets every time San Jose travels to Winnipeg. But before then, these two rival gangs faced off in what musical based loosely? West Side Story. I'm very upset that I didn't get it. Loosely on Romeo yeah. and Juliet. That's the Sharks and the Jets. I'm just going to share a very unpopular opinion out here. I absolutely despise West Side Story and Romeo and Juliet. Both of them. Ah. All right. Question number six. Final question of the round. Norville Rogers is a fictional character who is often paired up to make sense of these episode hijinks. What is his more common name? Norville Rogers. Yeah, Norville Rogers is a fictional character who is often paired up to make sense of the episodic hijinks. What is this character's com- more common name? Yes. Stu. <laughs> Stu. I mean, Mr. Rogers? Not Mr. Rogers. Uh, I can give you a further clue. That might give it away. Norville Rogers is a fictional, cowardly character who's often paired up with his best friend to make sense oh my God, of Stu. these episodic hijinks. Yep. Stu. Shaggy. Shaggy. What? I didn't know that. Yeah. I'll give, you one, I'll give you one point on that one. Thank you. Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, old Norville Rogers. Did- I know. I, I was having a hard time placing <laughs> it exactly, but it was like, man, what's episodic? And I was like, I don't fuck. <laughs> So Disney is actually redoing um, Scooby-Doo and the guy who's voiced um, Shaggy for like or Nickelodeon some whoever owns it is redoing it Um, as a a cartoon is it still or is it was it it Hanna-Barbera I believe they're it was um, yeah they're redoing it and the guy who's voiced Shaggy for the last since 2002 I think found out he got recast on Twitter Oh, what? Like, because they announced who was who was doing the voice of Shaggy, and he was like, "Oh, wait, as a cartoon or as a live action again?" It's got to be as a cartoon because he only did the voice. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. So the dude didn't find out from his agent. He found out through Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Which I find very sad. Yeah, that's that kind of sucks. 
All right, that's the end of the first round. All right, round number two is a themed round. I figured since uh, St. Patrick's Day will be right around the corner. This is a St. Patty's Day green, green in quotations, quiz. So I have six questions, all just kind of vaguely around the color green or different topics uh, therein. So uh, same style, buzzing when you know it, two points for each round. Or sorry, two points for each uh, answer. And we will start off. Uh, this is St. Patrick's Day Green. Question number one. Which actor suited up as the Green Goblin against Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man? Suited up as the Green Goblin. Yes, it was Willem nice. Dafoe. You know, I was thinking that, but I've never actually seen Spider-Man. <laughs> I was like, he's an actor and it fits and it would be something he'd do. But I don't know. <laughs> uh, question number two as a competitor to the Chevy Volt Nissan offered an electric car with what green are you kidding me that's the leaf that's the Nissan leaf alright question number three maybe this one's a little more uh, to a different crowd with seven generation of Pokemon out there name three of the grass type starters Name any three of the grass type starters. Suddenly, I don't know anything about Pokemon. <laughs> I can name two. I can picture at least four of them, but I can't name them. Name any three. I'll give you one point for two of them. I mean, Stu then. All right, Stu. I mean, Bulbasaur and uh, Nuzleaf. Or no. Yeah. Screw it, Nuzleaf. I know it's no. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> can I describe two of them in pictures? If you can, th what was the the last episode? If you can think it, you can vaguely draw it. You can vaguely. If draw you can it, picture yeah. it. <laughs> okay, I I can actually give a pretty decent. Actually, no, I've got one. I've got one. I've got one. Rachel Snivy. And Snivy is a starter. Um, I need two of Bulbasaur. them. <laughs> okay. Right, is I'll one of them one Trico? Yes. yes. Damn it. Okay. Trico. I was gonna... And then um, the other one I can picture is, and it's really good, it's like a green blob with a leaf on its head. That's what right. it is. I think, I think that's, that's all it Chikorita. Is. That's Chikorita. Okay. I almost made this question, oh, name, name three grass types starters, hoping that someone would buzz in early and then say not named Bulbasaur. <laughs> <laughs> all right. One point to Rachel there. Question number four. What is the capital of Greenland, which is also the largest city in Greenland? Many letters. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, which has surprisingly less letters than you would think. <laughs> what is the capital of Greenland, which is a four-letter word, which is also the largest city in Greenland? Three letters... Well, f three three separate letters. It's a four-letter word. The capital of Greenland. I could draw you a map. Greenland doesn't <laughs> yeah. count. It's owned by Denmark. <laughs> it's true. So its true capital is Copenhagen. Thank you, host. <laughs> uh, the capital of Greenland is Nuuk, N-U-U-K. Oh. But it's so, truly Copenhagen. Things get skewed a lot. Like, uh, I was just looking some of this up, and Germany is roughly 
90% the size of Montana. Whoa. Which kind of blows your mind when you think about it square mileage wise. And France, I think, is close to the size of Texas. Yeah. Wow. Which, I mean, is still small for the amount of population that's there, but it's bigger than No points, nook points for you. (laughs) Oh, come on. Uh, Question number five. What is the title of the L.M. Montgomery novel about a redheaded orphan in Canada? Rachel. Rachel. This is Pippi Longstocking. No, this is not Pippi Longstocking. She is a redheaded orphan. Is she an orphan? Yeah. I'm pretty sure she is. Uh, she might be, but the, I don't believe that falls into the uh, scope of this question. Oh, um, Rachel. Stu, do you, have a, do you have a guess, can, Stu? Can you repeat the question again? Yeah. What is the title of the L.M. Montgomery novel about a redheaded orphan in Canada? Uh, remember the theme here. I, I, I know what it is. Can I guess again? I'm gonna guess yeah, I mean, I, I'm, right. not gonna, I'm not going to have anything. All right, Rachel? It's Anne of Green Gables. This is Anne of Green Gables. Nice. I'll give you one point for a second guess. All right. Question number six, the last question of the round. Lexington Green in April of 1775 is iconic for what? Or is most... Lexington Green uh, in April of 1775 is, I'll say, most iconic for what? There's reasonably two different answers you could give, but and either one would work. God, I'm gonna sound st- so stupid. Uh, Stu, Stu, the Boston Tea Party, <laughs> not the Boston Tea Party. I yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't have uh, justification for that. <laughs> hey, props weird. on you for answering. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not willing to be or I'm not shy to be stupid. I'm going to I'm going to try my best here. Lexington Green in April of 1775. Is Rachel, that a place? Yes, Lex, Lexington Green is a is a place, is a location. Okay. okay. Yes. Is it like the place where the Liberty Bell was? No. All right. Lexington Green uh, was the battleground for the Battles of Lexington and the Battles of Concord and signified the beginning of the American Revolution. So there you go. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Don't Uh, know what I'm going to do with this information now, but thank you. Hey, you're the history buff here and the geography queen. So all right. Nook. Nook, nook, nook. All right, that takes us to halftime. That's all right. We have a brand new round to go uh, this next one. So uh, we'll see what what comes from it. But this is round number three. It's a specialty round that I am calling the iconic mnemonic, which a mnemonic Ooh. is a handy way to remember a long string of items, such as uh, Roy G. Biv being a mnemonic to remember the colors on the color spectrum. So I have... Six versions, uh, six questions around different uh, strings, different common phrases, different things to help you remember specific uh, strings of something or a topic. So I will give those to you. Uh, Same answer style, buzzing if you know it. Two points if you get it. Uh, These are a string of mnemonics. Some of them are fairly common, uh, and you should be able to parse them out. I have some, some helpers thrown in there. So you need to give me basically the topic and it should it should make it should make sense 
So if, if I were to say something like um, feeling color, uh, to go back to the template question, if I were to say something like feeling colorful and bright, remember this three-lettered first name, middle initial, three-letter last name to remember this by, you would say Roy G. Biv or something to that effect, knowing that it's the color of the spectrum. So question number one, be careful where you step and always remember this of three, let it be. So I'm supposed to answer for the topic? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I know what the item is, but like, I okay. don't know what, an app well, or like what a mnemonic would be for it. No, no, no. That, I mean, that's the mnemonic to help you remember something. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Let's do. Let's do. Poison ivy? Yes. Detecting poison ivy or poisonous plants. Uh, yeah. I don't think so, I'm going to do well in this round. <laughs> it just... So the question is, be careful where you step. And always remember this of three, let it be, which is a common, yeah, yeah, to help you remember what to look for when detecting poison ivy or poisonous plants. Nice shot. So two points to stew there. Sweet. Question number two. Feeling fancy? It's easy to remember what goes where by knowing how many letters are on your left and on your right. Stew? Stew. It's just like the placement of silverware? Yes. This is the placement of formal silverware to remember the letters in your left, which is four. So fork goes on the left and on your right. Right is five letters. So spoon and knife on your right. I, so I actually, so for viewers or for listeners, I grew up in a household with eight kids. And uh, I, my job every night was to set the table. And I had to properly learn how to set the table at like five years old or so. And yeah. so that I actually didn't know the mnemonic. It was just ingrained in me, but right. I definitely, yeah, I have that down pat. <laughs> nice. And you eat from the outside in. Yep. Yes. All right. Two points there. Question number three. Don't know if you're down for the count to identify this. Know the facts, the F A C T S. So this will be a, grouping of steps uh that you will know if you i can figure out what the f-a-c-t-s of this is stew stew it's to check for like res like basically response uh or like i'm trying to think of the mm, no i think i i think i know what you're saying but i, right, I like don't awareness think that's level be of, a, a, of a patient no god if my if my EMT instructor ever ever listens to this, she's going to kill me. <laughs> Is it like so, um, the checking for a stroke? No. Uh, you guys are kind of all in the right ballpark. I will expand it just a little bit. I'll say, uh, don't know if you're down for the count or just a few days. To identify this, know the facts. The F-A-C-T-S. So this is uh, the detection of the flu versus oh. just a common cold so if you have fever aches chills tiredness or sudden onset then gotcha. you would you would know you'd have the flu <laughs> do you check the facts <laughs> fever aches chills well then you don't have the flu get out of here <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the facts. I don't know. <laughs> facts of the matter. All right. No points there. Question number four. Can't remember that famous face? Just repeat, quote, 
when juries lack honor, justice gets forgotten. And uh, I'll tell you, you're this and the rest of the questions. You're basically taking this this phrase and parsing out the letters from each word. So can't remember that famous face. Just remember, quote, when juries lack honor, justice gets forgotten. Juries don't remember anything. Stew? <laughs> Stew. Founding fathers? Uh, or, I mean, it's presidents, but... Not founding fathers. Because there's four of those, and there are oh. seven of these. Damn it, okay. At least, the fir- at least this is the first seven of a grouping. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I know what it is. Uh, not presidents. Stew? Not strictly stew. Uh, those who signed the Declaration of Independence? Not the Declaration. There's a lot uh, of signers to that. Just a when, fun fact. Right, but he said the them. first seven. So like yeah. I was... when, when juries lack honor, justice gets forgotten. So I'll help you out a little bit. And basically, you need the first letter of each of those words. So W-J-L-H-J-G-F. And from there, can't remember a famous face. Oh, I know what it is, but I already guessed twice. It's okay. I don't have a guess. You can have mine, Stu. <laughs> Stu, I'll give you a point if you can get it. It's presidents on, on money? Uh, bills. Yes. U.S. faces on currency bills. Right. I, I'll give oh. you a point. Washington. That. Yeah. Technically, Washington, Lincoln, Franklin. Jefferson. Yep. Hamilton. Hamilton. I always forget Jackson. Hamilton. Jackson Grant. Franklin. Which Franklin. Franklin wasn't a president, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Alexander Hamilton? That's true. That's right. I was going to say, he was a rapper, right? <laughs> no, he, he kind of tried to get out of listening to the soundtrack every time I played it. <laughs> All right, so I'll give you one point there. Um, Sweet, thanks. So question number five, and again, this, this kind of goes along the same vein. Uh, I will say... I'll say the quote, uh, there are five items here. There are a couple compound words, but you need five items in it, and I will try to alliterate it pretty clearly. Uh, question number five, feeling fresh and great, just remember that, quote, Superman helps everyone. Feeling fresh and great, just remember that Superman helps everyone. You have five items in there. Superman helps everyone. Can you repeat the first part? Yeah. Feeling fresh and great? Just remember that Superman helps everyone. That's a tough one. So the feeling fresh and great is a pretty on-the-spot clue once you can figure it out. No guesses. Um, wait, wait, hang on. Uh, Just give me a second. Right. It's like it's it's right at the forefront of my brain. Feeling fresh and great. Just remember that Superman helps everyone. Or S M H E O. How's the forefront of your brain doing? Uh, it, it dropped it. I, <laughs> I had something there, but I don't think it was accurate. All right. So feeling fresh and great. This would be the Great Lakes. They're all freshwater oh. lakes. Oh. This is to oh, remember. God, I didn't answer with what I thought. <laughs> this is to remember in order. Superior, Michigan, Huron, Erie, Ontario, which is left to right. Nice. The Great Lakes uh, in terms of uh, geography, left to right. All right, so no points awarded there. Question number six, the last question of the round. 
don't know where you belong, just remember that, quote, kids prefer cheese over fried green spinach. Quote, kids prefer cheese over fried green spinach. Don't know where you belong, just remember that kids prefer cheese over fried green spinach. Or K-P-C-O-F-G-S. Nobody here seems to know where they belong. It's been a lifelong problem. Do we ever <laughs> truly belong anywhere? Don't know where you belong. Just remember, kids prefer cheese over fried green spinach. All right. This is the taxonomy order or oh, kingdom phylum class order, family, genus, species. I was species. thinking physically belong. So I was trying to think of like order or like locations you know, I've always struggled with these. Like everyone's like, for studying, just make a mnemonic. Right. It's like stupid. Well, that is the end of the third round. Uh, <laughs> Stu just like tied a karate headband across his head and is, like, uh, also flipped his his hat backwards and went into full on Ash Ketchum mode. Yeah. Now that I lost <laughs> to the Pokemon question, which I should. <laughs> All right, well, we have one more round to go, and this round is our lightning round. So everyone plays. Uh, every, all of you have some paper and pen. I will give you a question with a numerical answer that you have to write down. I'll give you about five seconds, and then we'll go through the line, and whoever is closest to uh, will get two points. Let's do all it. right. Question number one, 23 degrees Celsius is how many degrees in Fahrenheit? Five, four, three, two, one. Stu. <laughs> Forty. Rachel. Sixty-nine. Uh, nice enough, because Rachel gets it. It is 73.4 degrees. I know it's roughly three times. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's the official thing is you take the Celsius, you times it by nine-fifths plus 32 which is really complicated. <laughs> so if you want to get a close ballpark, a much easier way to do that is just so nine-fifths is close enough to double. So what I like to do is I'll just take the Celsius, times it by two, and then add 30. That's a little quicker way of handling nice. whole numbers that aren't super confusing. And you get within a point or two away. It's also really close if you just multiply it by three. <laughs> See converge. that? We talked about that at work the other day, and that's what stuck in my brain. And so then I was like, oh, yeah. 40. Like, that's... Yeah. The reason I don't like Rachel's way of doing it is because 40 times or th zero times three is not 32. <laughs> that is true. Right. But it, it is good logic to get, get you in the ballpark for, you know, normal temperatures. So two points to Rachel there. Question number two. How many rooms are in the White House? How many rooms are in the White House? The entire White House, to my understanding, which I believe this does not include bathrooms still i said 57 rachel 42 all right uh well <laughs> stew is actually closest here it is you guys were way under it is is it like 116 no okay <laughs> it's 100 <laughs> no that was pretty close it's 132 nice so wow. stew gets two points for being closest <laughs> 
Question number three. In what year did Amelia Earhart fly solo over the Atlantic Ocean, taking off in Newfoundland and landing in Ireland 15 hours later? What year did Amelia Earhart chart the Atlantic Ocean solo, becoming the first female to do so, taking off in Newfoundland and landing in Ireland 15 hours later? Stu. 1918. Rachel. 1931. Rachel is very, very close. It is 1932. Oh. Uh, oh, I forgot the date off the top of my head now. I believe it was April. Oh, 1932. Amelia settled the ocean blue. Or, no, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was the where I first heard that bit. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a mnemonic to remember. <laughs> Well, I'm dumb. Uh, <laughs> Amelia flew the ocean blue. <laughs> My brain connected that one. I thought that was a thing for a second. I mean, it works surprisingly it works. well. Right. A mnemonic, you know. What is the Columbus 15... 1492. 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. This is In also 1932, why... In 1932, Amelia flew the ocean blue. <laughs> this is why I don't use mnemonics, because... Uh... My brain just doesn't care. It doesn't want to remember them properly. <laughs> so two points to Rachel there. Question number four. What is the area in square mileage of the state of Rhode Island? What is the area in square mileage for the state of Rhode Island? Stu. I said 2,000. Rachel. 142. 142 square miles? <laughs> so uh Stu again takes his closest uh it was t- 1212 question number five how many signatures are there on the declaration of independence you think you know the first seven from before <laughs> how Wait, many how many signatures are there on the Declaration of Independence? Oh. Answers in. Stu. 41. Rachel. 27. There are 56. Oh, my gosh. Total. 41. That one was good. All right. Question number six and the final question of the round. How many steps are there in the Empire State Building? How many steps to the top are there in the Empire State Building? Yes, how many steps do you need to climb to get from the base to the top okay. of the Empire State Building? Stu? Really? Uh, 10,216. All right. Uh, Rachel? 4,842. All right. The correct answer is 1,576. <laughs> there are 86 flights and... That is the end of the game. That one, that was a fun game. That was very close down to the very end. But uh, that is the end of the game. So thank you guys all for playing. Uh, So like we have been doing all year, uh, we're trying something out a little bit different. And each of us uh, or a couple of us are giving out a pick at the end of each episode. Uh, It could be a movie, a game, an experience, something cool like that. Uh, We recommend you check out. And uh, Rachel, you have a pick. As many people listening might know, if they don't know, All of us here on the podcast are really big fans of Dungeons and Dragons. We're big nerds. We're unabashed. We love it. It's great. 
And so I'm going to recommend my favorite one. It is called Not Another D&D Podcast. It um, is hosted by a wonderful DM, has three um, players. It's really great, really easy to follow, great mechanics, great story. It basically takes place after a legendary party of heroes has gone through. And they are basically cleaning up the mess. Nice. So, for example, perhaps the rightful king was finally put on the throne, but he's a terrible ruler. So it's actually causing more harm than good. So they're fixing it as well with other things going on. It's very interesting. It's really fun. Um, And I'm unfortunately caught up to it now. And now I have to wait for updates. How long is each episode? Um, They can vary from just over an hour to like two and a half, three hours long. It depends. Okay. Very interesting. Really, it's, it's, I have tried many, including some of the most popular D&D podcasts, but this is the only one that's really been able to catch and keep my attention. And I listen to lots of podcasts. As a uh, Dungeons and Dragons nerd, as well as a fan of, it seems a lot of the things that you're a fan of uh, from both anime to podcasts, I will have to check that out. I haven't listened to it yet. Um, I'm oh, a big yeah? fan of the Adventure Zone, which I know that you love a lot too. Uh, so I definitely, it's a I'm really good one. It's that out. one of, I'm excited. Um, something that. I've struggled with in D and D podcasts, especially, is um, when a party is first starting to record and get going. It seems people very much struggle trying to bring um, it to life just on sound. Mm-hmm. And I struggle, especially with <laughs> the first few episodes, which is a problem because that's when you start to know who each person is and what they do so you have to listen to them but i also really generally don't yeah. like those episodes this one's really good at it so. yeah that makes a lot of sense because even like tv shows like there are a lot of long-running tv shows where the first season or so is is tough to kind of get through because they're still finding their bearings and you almost kind of want to find something that starts just right in the middle of something which it sounds story arc wise that that's kind of how this works so it allows you to sort of jump in feet first and kind of get right into the action a little bit more which is cool well, it's actually the beginning of a story arc because they actually do this is they, they start really truly at the beginning of their campaign. But the premise of the story. Right, right. So there's something some else overarching has story happened. arc. Right. Yeah. Cool. So uh, if you have a pick of your own and you're listening and you think other listeners would enjoy, uh, you should send them in and email them to us at things got wrong at gmail.com. Uh, you can also send us in trivia topic ideas. Uh, you can also find the website at things I got wrong.com to check out past episodes, show notes, and more. Uh, the next episode comes out on March 30th and it will be a round robin game. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, thanks again. These are wonderful as always. And until next time, we'll see you later. Bye.